Hey ladies, I think we can talk about anything by now. Have you been struggling to lose weight, especially around your belly? You just feels like the weight just, just settles there. It just moves in and won't move out. You have brought this up to your doctor, telling them that you are doing all the right things. You're exercising, you're eating less and nothing. And your doctor just pats you on the hand and goes, oh, honey, it's just menopause. Seriously, ladies, it is not your fault and it ain't fair. You know, there's so many myths and misconceptions around belly fat, and it's really hard to know what actually works, but do not worry. Help is on the way. In this masterclass that I have coming up later this fall called Cracking the Belly Fat Code, I will teach you everything you need to know about what the heck belly fat is and finally how to get rid of that stubborn belly fat so that you'll be feeling better in no time. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, do me a favor, make sure you grab a spot on the wait list so that when all the juicy details come out, you are the first person to know. You will find that in the show notes. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock-steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes-Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers, I'm so excited. I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Miss Eve Guzman today all about macros. And I wanted to talk ma about macros because it's a subject that comes up. And some of you know all the ins and outs about macros. And some of you are like, I've heard of them. I kind of know about it. And so I was like, you know what? Let me bring on someone who just knows all about it. She has taken macro counting to the scientific level and really knows how to unpack it and dissect it in a way that is very simple and manageable for what you want to bring into your life. So much so that she teaches other coaches how to do this and you know bring it to their clients as well. We talked about how it was that finally after umpteen diets, it was macros that helped her to finally lose the weight and keep it off. We talked about hunger cues. We talked about satisfaction. We talked about all the things that kind of encompass beyond macros, right? Well, we gave you the nitty gritty about macros, but we also talked about that it's not the set it and forget it approach and that there is some nuance to it. Ah, I'm giving away too much. Make sure you listen in to Miss Eve Guzman because it is a show and definitely hit her up if you have questions, more questions about macros. This week's iTunes review is brought to you by ML Martel. She writes, five stars, Kim is more than just knowledgeable in just health and fitness. She is supportive, reassuring, and on the level. She gives it to you straight, just the way most people need it. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate that review. And you too can review Fit Girl Magic Podcasts. Just go to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to this show 
and just leave me a five-star review. Um, I love them. I take them to heart. I just want to make sure that I'm bringing you the best stuff. So thank you so much for all of you who have left me a review so far. I can't wait to highlight you. Oh, ladies, ladies, ladies. This has been a long time in the making. I have wanted to have this conversation with Eve for a really long time because yeah, I know my stuff about macros, but she took it to like a level that I am so impressed with and that she just knows her shit, but also tells you about her struggles, her journeys, and that macros, while they're amazing, they can't save you from your bad behaviors. And so this conversation is going to go all over the map. And I hope you enjoy it because you're going to learn what the hell macros are and how do you really use and incorporate them and maybe how you are abusing them to try to get to an end that's never going to happen. So welcome to the show, Eve. Hello, guys. I love how you said macro abuse. That is a thing. I'm so excited to be here, though. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just start with that macro abuse. Because oh, my gosh. I remember, God, I don't know. You could probably t- tell me, too. Like, when I don't know when the whole if it fits in your macro thing started to become, like, part of the vernacular. And I would see all of these people just, like, shoving, like, Snickers bars and Ben and Jerry ice cream and all the bullshit food and they're like, well, it fits into my macros. I should have yeah. weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that push where it became like really, um, really, really, really marketed or, you know, recommended or whatever you want to call it on social media it was probably like 2015 to 2016. I think it started to decline more around 2018, but it was almost at the time um, and it, where it ran parallel with people wanting to do figure competitions, bikini yeah. competitions really as drivers to get fit. So you you would see a lot of bikini competitors while not getting ready for shows, stuffing all these Snickers in their macros and then aggressively trying to cut, use the macros to save themselves, mm. paying this vicious cycle. But it was, it was that same time, everybody wanted to be a bikini competitor. Everybody did shows to make themselves lose weight. And everybody was eating Pop-Tarts, pizza, and... Um, Snickers bars. I feel like Pop Tarts was a huge one. I'm yeah. like, those aren't even that good. I like, know. To pick something. I'm I going know. like, I'm going like gourmet cookies. Like, fuck a Pop Tart. <laughs> exactly. I was like, there's plenty of things that I fat into my macros that was Snickers not a is better. Yeah, <laughs> something. But yeah, so you know, which leads me to you know, you have a great backstory, and you know, do your best. Google this chick because she's got a great story. But, you know, you from from for as long as you can remember, you were always on a diet. You've tried mm-hmm. um teams diets and and you came across macros. What was it that was like, you know what? This is going to work for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I've done all the diets. I mean, some people say that. And, you know, what does that actually mean for me? It was like slim fast. I've done meal replacement, everything I've done, like Opti fast, which is similar to Medi fast, which now new day MLM version is Octavia. Um, so I've done all the, like, just drink five shakes a day, a little bar, um, progresso soup. I've done, um, the, uh, special K diet where I was just eating a whole box of cereal a day. Anyway, (laughs) weight watchers, I've done lean cuisine packets. I mean, I've done like everything, every, every single thing. And when I couldn't stick to the diets, I had to step back and go, why can I stick to them? Because they were usually a meal plan of some sort that said only eat this. Right. 
So I really wasn't looking at how many calories I was eating. I definitely wasn't looking at what macros I was eating and I couldn't stick to them. Either they were too hard. Mm. I was so hungry or the food was gross. And I thought it was me. I thought it was a willpower thing. Right. Something's wrong with me. I'm just going to be fat forever. Victim mentality. And then I eventually backed up. You know, I had a bachelor's degree already in um, pre-med, minor in biochemistry, and and a bachelor's degree in molecular biology and laboratory science. I had all these degrees. And I'm like, why am I eating meals out of a Lean Cuisine packet? Right. And I got all this student loan debt for being a scientist. Like, why can't I just figure this out? I'm like, I'm smart. Like, right. Why can't I create my own plan? So that's what I did. I backed mm-hmm. up all that, all those diets, all those meal plans, um, all that replaced this, eating the sugar-free jello, the pudding cups in my lunch. Oh my God, the hundred calorie chips. Oh <laughs> God, yeah. I could go I, on. I forgot all about the hundred calorie packs. Hundred calorie packs. <laughs> All of that. And so I made a calorie based diet for myself that actually put me in a deficit because like, again, the theme macros won't save you. It is a calorie deficit that creates weight loss. And once I had my aha moment, I'm like, I can literally eat pretty clean, have some treats, but stay in a deficit and just track my own calories. So I started doing that for about, um, six months. And then I started looking at the data further and I was like, okay, where are my calories coming from? And that's how I found macros before they were a thing. Um, Even when I first thought about, I talked about them on social media, people would go, oh, that's the new diet. I'm like, no, that's like basic nutrition. When you count calories, you're counting your macros, but you just don't know it. So I was starting to look at like all this data of me dieting on my calories. And I started looking at my average protein, my average and my average fat. And then I started looking for research studies that would say, oh, to optimize your metabolism, protein should be in this range. It was a big, um, a huge range. If you Google it, it's still going to be like 0.6 to 1.2 grams um, of protein per pound. But I was doing the research to go from the beginner level of calorie tracking then to macro tracking. So I started looking at like the American Association of Dietetics, where should my protein be, my carbs be, my fats be. And then I transformed my self-created calorie program into a macro program. So I really was into macros then about 2013, um, 2014. Mm. I coached myself on it started getting better results. I got way better results tracking macros than just calories alone. Right. My body was changing. And then I coached my husband right after, and he was my very first client. Um, He lost 125 pounds in the first year and a half, but that's how I got to macro tracking. I gave up doing, you know, all this other bullshit out there. And I went back to science. Right. And what I loved about your story is that you were like, okay, I know that why I failed was because I was trying to put myself into this box Yep. and the box sucked. And then at some point you break out of the box. Like we were just talking about your puppy before we were on the call. So it's like, if you try to you crate train your dog, you try to keep your dog in there for too long, the dog's going to go nuts. And when he gets out, he's going to run, run wild all over your house. And that's what you were doing. You were putting yourself in a crate and you ran wild. And then you're like, I need to find something that I can have 
satisfaction in my diet without mm-hmm. always getting to the point where I have to like lose my shit in order to find something else. So I really, I really like that thought. And as many of you listening, I want you to ask how many times are you fitting you're trying to fit yourself into a box until you lose your shit after you promised you'd be good. Mm, that's what it is. That's a pro I'll be good this time. Right. This time, this time is different. Start over Monday. Clean slate Monday. I'm going to be good. Right. It's going to be different. I'm going to double down. I'm going to be on point and all the promises that you make to yourself. But I like also what you said. You're like, it was, you look through every week you look through and you're like, okay, what happened this week? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't this like external for- force out there that made Eve eat this, made Eve eat that. It was like, okay, what happened? And you got very scientific about it and became more self-aware of how your food was coming in, what was affecting your food. So that as it was in real time, you were able to not react to it. You were able to be a little bit more proactive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was in control because I was allowing myself to compile the data. People will throw themselves in a diet, put themselves in a box constantly. This didn't work, new box. This didn't work, new box. But why did it not work? And if you don't have data because you just fell in that box and did what the program told you, one, do you even know why you lost weight? Do you know what to do to then maintain it? And then can you look at what you were doing and make changes? Yes. That is all about data. Like what gets managed has to be measured at some point first. That is one of my favorite sayings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my favorite sayings. And so, you know, people listening, I know there's going to be an eye roll because trust me, I've rolled my eyes about 9 million times about tracking my food. (laughs) And it sucks. Yes. (laughs) Like no one's ever going to be like, oh, it's so easy. No, it does suck. However, it's not a permanent thing. Right. You know, Eve, I'm sure from time to time, you're like, you know what? Things are getting a little out of control. I need to go back to seeing what's happening. And you go back to your data and then you go, you go off and you just, you don't track anymore. And then probably every X number of months or years, you're like, oh, things a little weird. Let me go back. So it's more of a um, tune up, if you will. Yeah. Yep. It's like, it's a tool, a tune up, whatever you want to call it. But like you always have that tool in your toolbox to go back and use when you need to do the tune-up. Like you have it there when you need it. And because I learned portion sizes, I learned what it is like to truly be full, satiated, eat real foods. I know my hunger cues. I know with certain amount of carbs, how I act. If I'm low carb, I'm going to like probably cut somebody out. Right. Um, if I'm working out fasted and then I go right into a meeting or something, I'm probably going to cut some people out. Right. Uh, I know how my body does because I had the data. When you follow a meal plan and you eat lean cuisines and all the little Weight Watcher mini cakes, you're just following the plan. But how, I mean, you're just like, you're being a robot. When you're not really compiling data, you don't learn anything. So now when I go through long periods of not tracking, I am confident with my choices because I have the experience from using macro tracking as a tool. I know what to do. I don't need somebody to drive the ship for me. Right. And so, and I love that because you you said something that I think many of us don't really tune into 
is hunger cues, right? So mm-hmm. many of us grew up in the, you must eat every X number of hours. And so we've lost touch with, am I hungry? Or is it because it's 1030 and that's what I've trained myself to eat at? Yep. And, and so when you were kind of going through your, your macro approach, were you, um, and I know you did figure competition as well. Did you find yourself like, okay, I need to just sit in a moment and understand, am I hungry before I just go reach for something? Yeah. I did. Yeah. And I mean, that's how I learned it versus just, oh, an alarm went off. Oh, this sounds like the right time. But like, I would have to ask myself, like, are you truly hungry? How long has it been? And with how you feel right now, how many minutes or an hour from now would you potentially be too hungry and then throw myself into a place of then I'm overeating. Right. I learned that feeling of hunger and how full am I? How far can I go? Right. And I think for many of us, you know, I know for me, it was a challenge to stop eating by the clock. It was because we were always felt, we always felt like being hungry was a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Like We shouldn't be hungry or it's going to tank our metabolism. And I'm sure, you know, as you coach your clients, but you also coach um, other coaches, to do this work, you know, how are, you know, what are some of the cues you tell people like, as far as to like break free of this hunger cycle? Yeah. So like the one thing, first thing I want to say, like hunger is a great thing. I think I do the same way, you know, like hunger is bad. That is a great thing that shows that your metabolism is working well to never, ever have hunger is the opposite. It is a bad thing. Um, that is a sign of an underactive metabolism, a low metabolic mm. rate. You're not really burning to your full potential each day. And it usually means your metabolism is sluggish, um, just depending on like what phase you're in and if you've been dieting. If you've been dieting a lot and there's no hunger, that's a sign that your metabolic rate is under. Yeah. Um, it's a lot lower. So yeah, I go through a series, even with clients of like rating how how full you are how comfortable you are, how hungry you are on a scale when it feels like, oh, it's been three hours. Oh, it's been four hours. And then almost two sizing that against how much do what I eat. Right. Like, will be times where you're kind of hungry, but it's the only window to eat because you've got 5,000 events getting ready to happen. Right. In the next meal, is it more now of a time to have a smaller meal versus I'm just going to eat like I regularly do. Time right. Of- yeah. So then you can start to monitor your hunger against portions and then, you know, figure out what the rest of your day is going to look like. Yeah, I know. And I like that because I think many of us get caught up into like, you know, you and I are both like, oh, crap, we got a call. And it's like, mm, I got 30, I got 30 minutes. Is it a, is it a truly a meal or is it have a half a protein bar so that mm-hmm. I can have my meal after my couple hours of calls? Yep. And not rush through it versus having more satisfaction in my meal versus like, yes. I need to just check off the box. Yes, that is a huge one. Like we don't take time to enjoy our meals. And that's the number one reason why people don't feel fullness and then tend to overeat. Right. They go for the seconds. They go for the dessert, usually because they don't chew slow enough. They're doing things while they're eating and they're not savoring the time that they're having dinner. I feel like we are like, Sisters, because I, I don't want to rush through a meal. I do no. not anymore. I know better now. Like, because I won't feel full if I rush through a meal. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Well, and you also, you know, we lived the trainer life where, like, literally you had like a Tupperware and you were like, I have five minutes. Mm-hmm. 
and you're shoving it in your mouth and you're like, you're like, do I even have crumbs on my face as you're going to like yeah. greet your next client? And so I, for now, I'm like, I don't have that anymore. I'm like, I will not rush through a lunch or anything because I'm going to another meeting or what have you. Mm -hmm. That's me. Yep. Yeah. So I, I absolutely love that. So for people who are saying, all right, you're talking these macro things and I don't know what you're talking about. I've heard it before, but I'm still not like a thousand percent clear. What are macros? Yeah. So macros are macronutrients. That's what it's short for. And it's all of the different components in the foods that you eat. So whether you've been on a meal plan, whether you've been calorie tracking or not, everybody's eating macros they have since day one. And so all the foods that we choose to eat or don't choose, whatever it is, they are all going to be comprised of protein, carbs, fats, or a mixture. Foods can be protein and carbs, protein and fats, all three carbs only, fats only, fats and carbs. A fat and carb example would be like a tortilla chip. Um, if you're wanting to think about um, something that's going to be like protein and fat, uh, yogurt or cottage cheese that isn't fat free, it's got fat in it. Um, but a lot of people aren't aware that they're eating mm. macros every day because when they look at a nutrition label, they're really just focusing on calories exactly. or the marketing on the front that says low calorie, exactly, gluten-free, exactly, vegan. vegan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't That's get me with the vegan stuff. Thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Be I'm like, special case vegan. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope so. Right. What else is in there? It's like, is there cow in here? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th that it's, it's the basics. And I think where we get confused is that the front of the package, you know, we look mm -hmm. at the front of the package and it says high protein. Yeah. And, you know, I know that's very confusing because you'll see a protein bar. It's a perfect example list. And it says high protein and you flip it over and you're like, you got six grams of protein in here. Yeah. How that's is that high that protein? That's a snack bar. Right. And then it has, it has 30 grams of carbs and you're like, is it? Yeah. So, you know, as you are kind of starting to get educated in this, it's really helping you to better understand and make better choices. When I flip it over and I'm not just looking at hundred calories, I'm looking at what is this comprised of so that as I'm eating it, I'm like, is it going to help me get to my goal? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's more aware eating. You get to decide where those calories um, are going. Are you eating hundred calories of just all fat? Maybe it's some olive oil or is it hundred calories where there's some protein, some carbs and some fats and you're hitting all the macros because we need all three every single day. Right. And so if someone's saying here, like, okay, and, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, how you said, you know, you went in and you, you did all the research and you said, okay, I need X carbs, X protein, X fat, X fat. Now, is it a set it and forget it? Or as you kind of work your way through your, you know, dieting process, be it, you know, a fat loss phase, be it a cut phase, be it a maintenance phase, are we always making adjustments? Yep. Always making adjustments because um, one, we can't stay in just one single phase forever unless it's maintenance, but maintenance is always going to be a floating number. Mm. I had to say that before somebody called me out. No, um, no, no. It, it, and I love that yeah. because many of us, we just think of like, um, we're furniture, right? We buy yeah. a couch and it's always going to stay in this spot on in our living room. 
But if you're like someone, if you're someone who likes to decorate, well, one, maybe one month it's here and then one month you turn it to the left and one month you turn it to the right. But I like maintenance is fluid. Depends yeah. on like what's going on with you. Yeah. It depends on your activity. What's going on? Has your metabolism adapted to the first set of maintenance numbers you've had? Is your maintenance now lower because you got sick while you're in maintenance? You changed from doing yoga to now weight training. I mean, there's so many things. Right. But of the main phases, there's typically um, fat loss, maintenance, and then bulking. You know, those three things, fat loss, a cut, a.k.a. a diet. So every different phase, um, your macros should be changing. You don't set them and forget them, especially in a deficit phase. Um, because once you set them initially, you're trying them on for size, right? When you initially set your macros. Are they in a deficit to where you are successfully losing weight? This is another side of it. Are you losing weight too quickly? Yeah. If that's not a good thing, um, the faster you lose it, the lower your chances are of keeping it off, Yep. but not having a huge rebound of like weight and water regain but you um, are doing your initial macros for at least two to three weeks, collecting the data and then making the call, do I need to have calories go down, which means macros go down. Right. Do I need calories to go up, macros to go up? Am I seeing that I have better results when my carbs are a little bit higher, fats a little bit lower? If you don't have the data, you won't know. Right. Um, certain times of the month that you want more carbs, less fat or vice versa. Um, that's different. That's definitely something to take in consideration too, but a deficit should not happen forever. Right. I just got off my team call this morning and we talked about that. Um, a lot of people think you set your macros in a deficit and you just leave them there and you stay there forever. <laughs> yeah. Forever until you hit your goal weight. Um, most, most macro deficits, um, need to only be two to four months, Yeah, two to four months in length. And then you go back to maintenance so you can build your metabolism up, build muscle, and then go back into deficit macros. Um, right. it's nutrition periodization, but a lot of us, especially, um, if we're 35 plus, we've been taught diet until mm -hmm. you die till you die. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 78% of women are in a deficit um, 12 months a year, all year. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I know that um, from coaching figure com uh, competitors for decades, um, a lot of them are very um, married to how they eat, you know, mm -hmm. chicken, broccoli, brown rice. I must eat that all the time. They oh, some oatmeal from time to time and some blueberries. And protein powder. And so for them breaking out of this like cycle and saying to like, okay, we're in off season now, girlfriend, you know, let's add a little bit more variety to our nutrition. Let's add a little bit more, you know, even if you're not a fitness competitor that like just fucks with you. Like you're just yeah. like, you know, making up this number girls, <laughs> just because I don't do math. If you go from a thousand calories to telling someone it's 1500 calories or 1500 calories to telling someone it's 2000 calories, they're like, whoa, oh, 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 no. So, you know, as you're kind of periodizing people, and I absolutely love that because you're right, like we go through different cycles in our life, just like the seasons, you know, what are some of the kind of the psychological things you kind of work with your clients to like kind of get over that? Like, we're going to eat a little bit more for the next few months and it's going to be okay. 
Yeah, this is big. And this is even for clients that are coaches and non-coaches. So like nobody's excluded from this. Yeah. Um, Especially if you've been dieting for a long time. It's the scariest thing ever to have a coach go, okay, the deficit's over. Let's raise your calories. People always assume that calorie increase is going to be associated with weight gain. Mm. Here's the thing or the very first thing that I have them think about is, okay, you are in a deficit to lose weight. So you were in calorie, you are at a calorie and macro range that was below your maintenance calories, which would be your total daily energy expenditure. You lost weight because you were in a deficit. And I go, so if we calculate your maintenance calories right now, it's your new weight, whether you lost five pounds or 15 pounds. If we theoretically calculate your maintenance macros, what should happen? They go, I should maintain or I really shouldn't gain. I'm like, ta-da, you win. (laughs) That's what is really supposed to happen. Um, Do a lot of people gain weight on a reverse? Yes, about 50% or more, but most of it is water. It's the rehydration of the body because now it has the macros, most importantly, the carbohydrates that are supposed to be there to hydrate. So when people hear it, and then see the scale go up two pounds and then want to pull out of it, it's because they're now hydrated. I'm like, it's not real weight. That is not true weight gain or fat gain. You're hydrating like you should. Um, So it takes a lot of walk through, a lot of walking clients through science and and numbers. And then also kind of like this, like, wouldn't you want to maintain your weight at higher calories? Like the way you feel when you come off of a three-month diet and you're tired, you're hangry. Yes. Do you really want to stay there forever? Yes. Maintain that weight, eating 500 more calories a day. Right. And so it's almost like a come to Jesus moment. Oh, yeah. Like, look look at the facts here. But I tell you, if people stay in the deficit, the body wants what it wants. Yeah. And it will downregulate your metabolism and you'll probably gain the weight it needs anyway to keep it healthy. Well, so why have a strategy to get to me? Well, and I, and I like that because it's like so many people or, as, you know, as, as a coach, it's hard to be like, just go on the journey with us. Just go on the journey with us. And many people need to know, like, if we were getting in the car, we're going on a road trip, where are we stopping to go to the bathroom? Like, we mm-hmm. want to know where, when are we going to eat? When are we going to the bathroom? When are we going to sleep? And so I think as you kind of like, you know, map this out, like, we're going to have 500 extra calories for the next four months. And then we're going to break it down. Then we're going to go here. Then we're going to go here. And so as I'm going through, I can kind of like check it off in my calendar. Like, okay, we're in month three. I know I'm getting squirrely. I know I'm kind of pissed off right now, but I know that it's only, you know, 30 more days and then we're Mm -hmm. going to do something different. And so I, I think as a coach, as we give clients kind of like, this is where we're heading it might not have them freak out as much. There are always going to be those people who always want to steer the ship. Yep. Yeah, always. Yeah. I mean, it's a really good idea as a coach to have your clients know what's normal, like what that road trip is supposed to look like. And then I kind of call out like the bathroom's coming up in 20 miles, which might mean the deficit is ending in two or three weeks. I'm like, what's going to happen before we get there? 
The problem is, is that the dieting industry has not normalized talking about nutrition. No periodization. I think they will by next year. I think we're going to get there. Um, I see these cycles that happen constantly. Uh, What's being told wrong? Okay, now everybody gets it, you know? Right. I'm like, we're past the if it fits your macros thing. Yeah, thank God. You know, it's, it's still slightly a thing. But I mean, it's up to us as coaches and also as clients to like start educating ourselves of why things work and don't work. We got to do the work. Right. But I also liked how, you know, bring us back to the beginning of conversation, how you said you always fit in things like little things into your nutrition that are just mental sanity that Mm -hmm. is going to keep you from just losing it later. And I absolutely love that. And is that something that you always share with your clients? You're like, you know, what are the things that just keep you sane that we got, we're going to keep it in so that it's not this, like, I'm never going to have whatever the thing they love is again. Yeah. I'm actually against a hundred percent clean eating and a deficit. If you want to do that at maintenance and you master it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I actually think of, I think people should work in the fun stuff for the rest of their life for sustainability. Yep. So 80% of what I eat at least is pretty clean, whole foods, low in preservatives, pretty natural. Basically it came out of an animal, out of the ground, unless it's like a box of rice, like it's pretty clean. Right. 80% or more of the times. And then 20% is the fun mental sanity stuff. Um, for me yesterday, that was like a piece of chocolate in the morning. I had two Oreos at night. I'm not on any type of a diet right now, but if I was dieting, it would be the same. It's a little bit of something so that I don't feel like I'm giving everything up. And if you practice it in all phases that you're in, you don't always have to feel like when I go into a diet, it's going to be horrible. Like you're setting self up for something bad. You may not get to have as much, but you could still end up having it, but it prevents binging and feeling like things are off limits and you going on vacation, having exposure to a lot of foods and then losing your shit. But you have to know yourself. There are some people when they hear me say Oreos, they're like, I can't have that in my house. Yes. There are things I can't have in my house. You kind of have to have like a middle road thing. Um, one thing that I go ham on is tortilla chips. I don't yeah. know why. if you have regular potato chips in the house, I won't mess with them. Everybody else devours them. Tortilla chips. I can like weigh out a portion every day, um, and want more, but like, you have to know what things are like a little bit of taste and I'm good, but what things would you buy? And you just cannot, you know, you can't yeah. not eat them all. And, you know, I, I think all of us have to learn what our trigger foods are. And even with as much education as you and I have, and as much moderation as we, you know, we practice in other areas, there's just, for me, it's ice cream. Like no matter how much I ever, I have ice cream in my house, I'm like, ah, oh, I'll have like two bites. And then literally I'm like, okay, so that the, the pint's gone. So yeah, I shouldn't have ice cream in my house. I mean, think about it. A half cup serving, like who can, it's not even satiating enough. It's like, right. So I but like two full cups. I can't, I cannot. Right. No. But it's like, if you went to a restaurant and you had tortillas, you'd be like, okay, they serve them. I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to ask for more, but if they're in the house in the bag there, you're like, yeah, the whole thing. I don't know why tortilla chips. I love yeah. nachos. Oh my God. I don't know why. I don't even know how this ever happened to me, but is. Yeah. Chips and so we, 
and like you know ladies face it there always is going to be that one thing that like despite as much practice as we put on there is going to be that food that's just going to be like hey girl Mm -hmm. how you doing and you're going to be like no you're so bad for me but you know from time to time it happens but like as you start to practice that you know she had two oreos versus a sleeve of oreos and maybe maintenance maybe she has three oreos when she's not maintenance and maybe she has one when she is trying to reverse diet or she's trying to in a cut so it's like we have to kind of decide what that looks like for us depending on the phase that we're in um in that moment but you you said something else that i really liked when you said you know this nutrition periodization i absolutely love it because we do training periodization and that's such a, that's a thing. We get it. Like, you know, football players, they're, they're, they're in season right now. Would we ever mm-hmm. say you're going to go to the gym? You're going to do a 10 by 10 workout today. Like, no, we're going to be like, Hey, your goal is to try to keep you healthy until February when we can beat the shit out of you again. Right. Yep. So when we talked about, um, your, you're uh, trying on the macros for size. I really like that because I think many of us get our numbers and we're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And that a coach doesn't ask for feedback. Like, I don't yeah. ask, like, are you hungry? Like, wh- how's your energy? Like what's going on with you that they just think this, I have to gut this through if it's not oh working. My gosh, it's so hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hate that. So like when we do our check-ins with clients, I always want biofeedback because numbers right. are just one thing. It's not all about what the macros were, how close you were and how much weight you lost, but do you feel like shit? Yes. Yeah. Or are you not losing weight, but then you tell me you're extremely stressed. It's the most stressful time in your life and your hunger's low that's showing me that your body is going through stress right now. It might be time to pull the deficit. Right. Um, a lot of things change. Like I'm always looking for energy, for hunger, someone's mental capacity to stick with the plan. Um, libido is another good one. Are they waking up recovered? Like, yes, yeah, someone's getting eight hours of sleep or seven hours a night. I get seven hours minimum every night, but I tell you half of them, I don't always wake up feeling refreshed. How's the recovery, you know, how's the recovery going? But there's so many things to look at to see are the macros the best fit or is it time to get to the another, another phase and things happen in life. Like Mm. people will go through, um, like, you know, tragedies, divorce, sickness, um, death in the family, losing a job. Those impact what macros you should be at because you're not going to have the same kind of success. Yeah. You know, and I, and I love that because I think so many women discount the external world. They don't, they, they don't like, oh, it's just how life is right now. I'm like, no, it's like that matters that it matters. If you're not sleeping, it matters if you're stressed like a mofo, cause I'm not going to cut your food and I'm not going to send you to the gym to spend four hours there. Cause it's just going to put them gasoline on a fire right now. And so many yep. of us think that it's the food that workout that's keeping me from my goal. And we don't want to look at our external life. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And then the other thing that I, I wanted to talk about is like, you know, a lot of my listeners were, were over 40. Do your macros change based on your age or is it your, do you, are you changing your macros based on just the individual person? Yeah. Age tied to hormones, meaning perimenopause or menopause. Yeah. They should definitely change. So like when it comes to like menopause 
us specifically specifically i was like i know i can't say that word either. specifically there's going to be changes in macros the profile protein carbs and fats um how long a diet should be how deep the deficit should be mm. and the type of training and then there's also supplementation like natural supplements not like people getting like you know steroids um, right like the like competitor steroids during that time. And that's because our our levels of progesterone and estrogen are changing. And a lot of that is tied to like women going through menopause, some of the big reasons why they start to experience um, weight gain or like fat distribution areas they don't love or increased body fat or inability to lose weight like I used to, you know. Yeah, exactly. Today, I could look at a diet and I would lose weight. Is because when estrogen drops, it changes the way that our body is processing carbohydrates, starches, and sugars. And so it can lead to a lot of insulin resistance. It's not yeah. just old age, it's the chemical profile of our body. Right. And so typically when women are in menopause, they will have to boost their fats a little bit. That'll help with yeah. hormones as well. Um, it's not a low carb, it's not a keto diet, but they do need help in the area of making it easier to um, help the levels of estrogen they have not be as insulin resistant when it's when you're processing carbs. Yeah. The types of workouts should also change when in a deficit and not during menopause because we're just a little more fragile. Like, let's face it. Yeah. We've had more life. <laughs> yeah. We've had more life, but the best thing that we can do not tied to nutrition with perimenopause and menopause is to lift weights. Yeah. Training sure. is the big one. That is the big game changer for keeping our metabolic rate higher. Yeah, for sure. Muscle, muscle, muscle. We need muscle. Yeah, for sure. Cause you know, I always tell people, well, you live in Florida now. So I always tell people, I'm like, Strength train, strength train, strength train. If you're like, oh, Kim, I don't have time, go to Florida. And then you <laughs> and you will see you will tell yourself, yeah, I got a strength train. Because you see people like they like just acts of living are challenging because they don't have the muscle to do just simple things. Getting out of yep. a chair. Yeah. Lifting a gallon of milk, like basic mm -hmm. life. Open a heavy door. Yeah basic life. And so stand on their own. Like, so we want to be able, you know, strength training is not just filling out your pants. It's really just how can I be as active as long as I possibly can? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, oh my goodness. I like, I wrote down all these questions, but we've just gone through the <laughs> gamut of so many things. And I knew this is what, what would it be, what it would be like. So let's just talk to people about what you do. So if you've listened to this and you're like, you know what? there's something here about this macro thing. You know, how do you work with, do you, or do, I'm not sure if you even take non-coaching, uh, non-coaches who are trying to coach macros. We do. You do? We do. Yeah. I do have a team of coaches that have been with me quite a long time. So we do educate. We've got like courses where people can learn about macros on their own, solo, um, we have like a reverse dieting program. We do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then I have the national certificate, which is the macro nutrition coaching certification that um, coaches do. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so there's multiple ways that if this kind of like intrigued you, there are multiple ways you can get in touch with Eve. I, I trust Eve blindly. Like she just, <laughs> like, like, well, she just, she approached it just like how you would want to go to your doctor and they talk to you. Like, that's what I always loved about her. That's like, 
she took it to the next level that like many of our medical professionals don't. <laughs> I roll. Yes. And so she took it to the next level. So you're really trying to take a deep dive. I, you know, I have a love hate with macros. I'll tell you, because that's how I had to do it as a competitor, but there weren't apps. There were not apps. I had no. to do it in a freaking spreadsheet. And yeah. remember, what was the name of the book that you had to flip through? Um, Got it. Oh! That's how long I've been doing this. The calorie, fat, and carbohydrate. Yes. So if you guys are watching, look at this. Oh my God. 2007, before yeah. macros were a thing, I wrote in a notebook by hand. Yes. So that... You guys are like, I can't do my, you know, 12 week diet and it takes you two minutes per meal to put it in. Think about how Kim and I had to do it by paper. That, that literally, like she brought it up almost in the fetal position because I remember yeah. flipping through that book, highlighting the things page. that I always ate, putting into a spreadsheet. And so that it could calculate the macros. Oh, sweet Georgia Brown. But, you know, you're thankful for like freaking my fitness pal and chronometer and all the other freaking apps out there. Speaking of which, so all these people are in the hullabaloo about my fitness pal charging now for, for barcodes. Are you, have you, have you always told people to just pay for the premium when they, nope, uh, nope. Nope. 50% of our clients do and 50% don't. And the ones that typically don't, they started off with the free and learned how to use the free forever. So they know how to type in things really quickly without the barcode. And let's be honest, like most of us eat the same five repeating dinners, lunches, and breakfast. You can make the save meals. And it's still like, I, I'll be honest, I hardly ever use the barcode. I've had MyFitnessPal for nine years. Yeah. I hardly ever use it unless the 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 name of the food is really long or hard to spell. But I I mean my husband, he's a barcode user. I just I old school it and I yeah. put it in. And then, you know, I get all these people asking me now, what's your opinion? Would you pay for it? Absolutely, yes, I would. Right. I was 150 pounds and then and I've done that mostly coaching myself. If I have to give up eight to ten bucks a month for my fitness pal to have made that possible for me, like it's worth it. I know it's funny. I, I I'm, I'm with you. I think oh. I, I think 90% of the time I type it in and it's like, you know, that, like you said, when I'm being lazy, I'm like, ah, oh, barcode. And I, I scan it out, but I'm with you. I'm like $9 from, for compared to how much did we pay for that damn book? Yeah. The book was probably $20 when I bought right. it anyway. And then like that can't, you have to buy a new one every year. It has to be updated. I mean, and just think about it. Like they've provided this for millions of people for free. How long does free ever last? It's kind of yeah. like, right, I got away with it. All right, I'll, I'll, you know. Right, it sucks now. Or, you know, go back and buying that book. I think I'm sure yeah, they still- I'm grateful, so. I'm sure they still- I, I can't complain. I've got my money's worth already, so. Yeah. I'm sure they still make it. I'm sure they still yeah. make that book. Yeah. So, so yeah, so if you ever are looking for, you know, a macro coach, just take a deeper dive. Eve is your girl. She also has a certification for those of you guys who, you know, are looking for continuing education points or just want to take a deeper dive into macros. And so Eve, I always ask people, what's one thing that makes them feel magical? Oh, traveling. And oh yeah. Water, in the water. And then like as a business owner, when I have time freedom to do that, I, like I feel just on top of the world, magical. That and probably warm chocolate chip yeah. Oh yeah. That's so good. But you want water something. magical for me. But That's you want to hear something funny that even I both have in common. 
we love travel. We love water, like all of that, but we both can't swim. <laughs> yeah, we can, we cannot swim. And I go on all the boat. I'm like, let's book an excursion. My husband's like, who's saving you? <laughs> right. Um, true story. I don't talk about this much, but I almost drowned in a cenote in Mexico. I'm laughing now. I cried my ass off when it happened. But you know what? I still get in water. I'm going to get lessons one day. I am. You know what? I look every year and every year it always seems to be at a a busy time for me. And I'm like, I'm like, I can only go to two out of the six. And I'm like, I'm like next spring. And I always look to take lessons. And then I was like, well, where would I practice? If you live in Florida now, so there's pools everywhere. That's true. But I'm like, I live in Boston. I'm like, my pool would be open for two minutes. (laughs) Pretty much. That's how it goes. Yeah, I can't swim, but you cannot keep me away from water ever. Nope, nope, nope. So Eve, this has been fabulous. Where can the the people uh, find you on on the web? Oh, yeah, sure. So Instagram is Eve Fitchick. It's Eve underscore Fitchick. But if you put it all in, um, it'll come up. Our website's gtransformationacademy.com. And I live on my story seven days a week. It's (laughs) my favorite way to feel like a real person that has like a job outside of my home. Um, so yes, I am an addict for stories. I like being on there. Cool. Ah, Eve, Eve, this is awesome. And I'm so grateful that you took the time with us today and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.